Yes, queens, happy Pride Month. Heads up, this podcast does contain more colorful language than the amount of double entendres and a drag queen stage name, honey. Now keep that in mind as you listen, picking up your rainbow attire from the corporate machine that sticks a rainbow on it, so we'll buy it all month long. So, while I might not want to consistently be asked about my sexuality and just be me, a big part of me is my love of women. So, I guess I'm talking about it until it's no longer seen as something to talk about. Haley Kiyoko. Hey y'all, I'm Grace, and this is Mediocre Mystic, the podcast where we explore how mediocre makes the world go round and how mediocre works in mysterious ways. Thanks so much for tuning in with your forks, ears, and feather boas on this Pride edition. I've been out now for going on 14 years. For some, that might seem like a long time until you hear I'm 43 going on 44. Some would debate going on 12, but that's another episode. I didn't come out until I was months away from my 30th birthday. With all the progress, some ask, why do we still need Pride? So much in the LGBTQIA community happened so quickly. Then came marriage equality, and all the queers on TV and movies and even advertisements. Artists and athletes came out. Don't Ask, Don't Tell was overturned. So, we're good, right? Well, in a word, no. With hundreds of anti-LGBTQIA measures attempting to be signed into law, we continue to walk two steps forward and what could feel like four steps back. Parental recognition, access to health care, job security, access to fair housing, and the threat to life for our trans and non-binary family, especially if they are of color, is astronomical. Over 100 bills have been introduced attacking the rights of transgender persons since 2020. So, in a word, no. We're not out of the woods yet. But for the areas we've come a long way, baby, let's celebrate. For the areas we need to keep fighting, let's celebrate the struggles of those gone before on whose shoulders we stand and the heroes we join in the fight right now. Our stories matter. As I've continued to do this podcast, I've realized my story matters, not because it's extraordinary, but because it's like many of yours and your stories matter. In this sharing of our truth, we can find safety in each other. As one of my favorite black non-binary artists, Ka Young Mi, illustrates. I'll link to their IG so you can go over and invest in some amazing art this pride. I celebrated my partnership in a ceremony in 2011 when I never thought I'd see legislation of gay marriage in my lifetime. And then it came. So we had a small ceremony in 2016 and I wrote my coming out story on the end of that weekend. I had the privilege to share it in a diversity story slam. I hope you enjoy it now, and I sincerely hope you'll reach out and share your own queer or ally tales with me and the rest of our mediocre mystic community throughout the summer. I'll post pictures of my own unorthodox ceremony on all the socials. Cheers, queers!
Lord told Noah to build him an arky arky. Lord told Noah to build him an arky arky. Build it out of stone and barky barky, children of the Lord. Now, if you weren't raised fundamental, especially a Baptist, you're wondering what in holy fuck was that? Well, that was my first understanding of the rainbow. Today, this arc of color represents diversity, all-inclusiveness, no matter whom you love. But for me, as a kid in Sunday school, a teenage camp counselor, and a young adult Bible grad headed toward seminary, that rainbow was an exclusive family of those to whom God Almighty himself had made a promise. The rainbow was a symbol of God's promise to never again see red and ruthlessly flood the earth, drowning its inhabitants. Inhabitants like me, a girl who happens to love a girl. I sang that song as a child and taught it to other children as a young adult. I believed even though I had an identity that was contrary to the word of God as I'd been taught it, I would get a pass for surpassing that identity, a crown and glory for oppressing my true self and serving as a soldier in the army of the Lord. I spent most of my life at church every time the doors were open. I made the denominational rounds, everything from raising my hands during praise and worship with the Pentecostals to answering the altar calls back at home with the Baptists. I was searching desperately to fill the void. The one everyone told me was supposed to be filled by God. A God who loved me, but hated my sin. I can only love this God who hated my sin for so long. Before I knew it, I began to hate myself. I joined a deliverance group to pray away the gay. I joined a biblically-based recovery group to 12-step away the gay. I even looked into Protestant convents. Being a nun... All that singing, the simple life, and oh yeah, living with all those chicks. Now that was for me. I would be a servant like Paul who chose a celibate life for a higher call. But these kinds of noble rationalizations could only hold me for so long. I began to proceed with caution toward investigating my thorn in the flesh. Having roundabout conversations with my best friend and other religious geeks, reading GayChurch.org to examine what they had to say about the infamous clopper passages like the ones found in Leviticus, a protester favorite. And then it was time to pull out the big guns, my Greek and Hebrew texts, every English interpretation of the Bible you can imagine, and a collection of commentaries to investigate the issue in complete context. We're talking full-on nerd alert here. But this... This was my whole life. A clearly defined path toward a calling as far back as I can remember. I was a person under construction, and the only tools I knew to make sense of it were the ones I'd always had. What would I do if I didn't believe every jot and tittle of Scripture? Who would I be without this fundamental faith? Imagine my surprise when I discovered what Jesus had to say about it all was the truth will set you free indeed. But that freedom came with the heavy price of losing everything I'd ever known, hoped for, or loved. I began to realize it wasn't nobility at all. But as we say in the South, yellow-bellied fear that defined my life. Fear of judgment, fear of rejection, Fear of failure. 
I had built my entire existence in the kingdom of God, and I was terrified of the inquisition to follow coming out. Once I discovered my truth, I wanted to lean fully into it. And at the same time, as fucked up as the 19 and counting dugger life I was living may have been, losing it was absolutely devastating. Now, losing the long skirts and the teased bangs, that was a relief. But this wasn't a reality show. This was my actual life. And even though I'd always been the black sheep and never quite fit in, it was what I knew. Already a troublemaker pursuing a call to ministry as a woman, as a lesbian, it would be absolutely out of the question. If I left, I could never come back. When you fall in line with the views of the church, the love and support is fierce. But I'd be stepping out of line and walking off base. I would be like a deserter, and no one would be coming after me. I lived a double life for a time, trying to step out and be brave, while at the same time hiding in fear. I felt emotionally and mentally exhausted. My body was physically sore from the stress of being pulled in two directions at once. One foot in, still doing what I'd always done, yet feeling very out of place and out of sorts. One foot out, going on dates and feeling a sense of belonging in the gay community I never had anywhere else. I was green behind the ears, full of pure joy on the one hand, and racked with gut-wrenching guilt on the other. Here I was, a grown-ass 30-year-old woman, and yet I felt like a little baby seedling, trying her best to break through the rockiest of soil and grow. A late bloomer, slowly, but surely, I did find my way. As Sophia of the Golden Girls would say, picture it, January 2009, Epiphany. I was attending an inclusive, affirming church. If these loving, non-judgmental people were going to hell, sign me up for a pitchfork. Religion, too, had diversity I'd learned. In fact, there were many more colors in addition to the black and white that I had grown up in. There was not only one way to believe. January is the season of epiphany in liturgical traditions, a celebration of light and change. I can remember meditating Early before service, the church draped in blue for the season, the faint smell of incense and old church must, the creaking of the wooden pew, and the kneeling bench covered in leather. and the stillness, I heard deep down within my soul, Grace, you're not going to hell. Maybe it was God. Maybe I simply heard my own voice instead of everyone else's around me for the first time. Either way... I was changed by that light. Even though I figured out where I was headed, shaking off where I had been proved to be quite the process. I was the last one to know I was an indigo girl, minus the mullet, of course. Although I did have one as a child, don't tell. As I began to integrate and live my life out loud, loss did follow, as I had suspected. My immediate family, the church family of my youth, an ordination process I'd worked hard at all my life, really. However, I was caught off guard with unexpected gifts, a deeper sistership with my best friend, who's been there through thick and thin, the rekindling of a friendship with a childhood friend who was out and helped me to come out publicly, reconnection with extended family, 
who've been through similar coming out stories. Even someone who told me I helped them come out. I found acceptance in the most surprising of places. As one of my childhood ministry heroines said, In acceptance lieth peace. All is not lost, and so much more has been gained. New friends, new faith, new dreams. I met my beloved the good old-fashioned way by saying, Hello, in the pew next to mine. That's right, folks, we met at church. (laughs) And seven years later, in the mountains of North Carolina, donned in violet flannels and white ties, jeans and hiking boots. I mean, really, could it get any more lumberjack lesbian? I married that beautiful woman who kept me from thinking about the sermon and gave me the courage to say, hello, with her kind eyes and welcoming smile. It has taken time to lose the rhetoric, but I now revel in the love. After all, God is love. Until next time, remember, y'all means all. If you're feeling like you need to do a good deed or make an offering today, go on over, subscribe, follow, rate, and review Mediocre Mystic on Apple, Spotify, or any of the platforms where you listen. On my blog, you can buy me a coffee, clicking on the icon that says just that. It helps out the production of the pod and keeps it independent and public. Thanks to 86 Aerostar for my groovy mood music and Bizry Creative Group for my mesmerizing logo. If you want to read my cards or better yet, tell me your story, please email me at mediocremysticpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out my blog, interpret my dreams, read transcripts of the show, and leave a comment on mediocremysticpod.blogspot.com. On social media, you can crystal ball me on Facebook and YouTube by searching Mediocre Mystic Podcast. On Instagram, you can vision me at Mediocre Mystic. On Twitter, you can scroll my prophecies at Mystic Mediocre. And on TikTok, you can move through time with me at Mediocre Mystic Pod. You've heard from me, and now I want to hear from you.